What is going on, guys? Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Purdy, and today we're going to be recapping last night's uh, Thursday night football matchup between the Titans and the Packers before getting on into the week 11 slate of games. Let's get right on into it. All right, so last night we saw the Titans take down the Packers and Lambeau 27-17. Uh, I picked the Titans to cover and win, so good on me for that. And yeah, this game was really just like kind of went how I expected it to. Um, I did think the Titans passing offense looked a lot better than I anticipated, though. But I want to start off with the Packers. Um, if they can't run the ball, they aren't going to be able to win. Simple as that. Their passing attack needs to be a complement. It can't be their primary driver, which is really weird with Aaron Rodgers, I know. But just the way that they're built, they're built to have those big plays with Christian Watson or like a chain mover to Alan Lazard. Um, they aren't built to be the ones carrying this offense. And when you only have 56 yards or 2.9 yards per carry, like that passing attack isn't going to be able to do enough to help you win these games. Like right now with the way their offense is playing, it feels like you can predict whether or not they're going to win or lose just based off of the type of run defense that they're playing. And yeah, the Titans have one of the best run Ds in the league right now. David Long is really impressive. Like he's playing like one of the top linebackers in the league, I really think he could sneak his way onto like the all pro team if he keeps it up. Um, I don't know if he'll get enough like attention and hype from it from the national media, but right now he's playing like one of the best in the league and deserves that praise. And this secondary, it's definitely was a bit up and down. Um, Lazard got McCreary a couple times despite the drops, but overall, they really limited these Packers wide receivers and let their offense win. Like holding the Packers 17 points, you're probably going to be able to win if you put up, um, well, yeah, obviously, if you put up more points, you're going to be able to win. Um, and yeah, their offense did, but they did it through the air, which is really like new for them. Titans have been one of the worst passing attacks all year, and then they come out this week and look awesome. Um, great to see. Derrick Henry only had 87 yards on 3.1 yards per carry. They really needed to get that passing game going because the running game wasn't as efficient as it normally is. And Tannehill was able to put the team on his back. If it weren't for the one interception, he, this game would have been next to perfect. Like his ball placement was just elite all night. That touchdown to Hooper, oh my goodness. He was putting it on the money all day, even on the pick. It wasn't a inaccurate though. He just flat out didn't see the defender dropping back in zone coverage after the play fake. Um, if he wasn't there, it would ride on the numbers. Uh, if Tannehill is healthy and playing with this confidence and ability and if Burks builds off this game, Traylon Burks, the rookie, he had over 100 yards for the first time in his career, missed the last couple of games with the injuries. I think he came back last. Yeah, he did come back last week, but didn't really do much. Um, this team can be legit dangerous. I still don't know if Burks can be that number one guy. That's a lot to put on a young player. But this team really has everything that a deep playoff contender needs other than a competent passing attack. But maybe they did find one here this game. All right, now it's time to get into Sunday Slater games. Uh, we're going to start off with the Eagles at the Colts. The Eagles are going to be seven-point favorites in this one. The Eagles' undefeated season was just spoiled Monday night. So now it's time to see if they can bounce back and show some like life after a first road bump, you know? Uh, they just signed Limbo Joseph and Ndamukin Sue to help shore up their run D, which was the biggest weakness on this roster, especially with Davis going out. And that's a really good move to make before 
facing Jonathan Taylor and these Colts. We'll see how much playing time he'll actually get in his first week. But yeah, I love that signing or those two signings. For the Colts, they just got a great franchise win last week, uh, sending out the message that just because they hired Saturday doesn't mean that they're thinking. They put Matt Ryan back in at quarterback and Jonathan Taylor had his second 100-yard rushing game of the season. But just because they won last week doesn't mean that they're suddenly good. Now that the newness of Saturday is wearing off a bit and they're coming off of an emotional win, I'm worried that they're going to regress to how they looked earlier on in the season. So I'm going to pick the Eagles to cover and win. Then we have the Lions at the Giants. Giants are only three-point favorites in this one. Um, the Giants continue to giant last week. It doesn't matter who they face, whether it's the Ravens or the Texans, they're going to play this ball control style of offense, tough defense, and try to win a low-scoring one-score game. And the Lions play an opposite style. They go all in on offense and have no defense and really just try to win the boat race. It worked last week against the Bears, who also adopt that style. But the Lions have really struggled against good defenses. While their defense came up last week with a huge pick six, I don't know if they're going to be able to make a key play, um, which will be needed if they're going to beat these Giants. And the same with their offense. I don't know if they're going to be able to put up the points um, and come up clutch and not make that mistake in crunch time. The way the Giants play, it's going to be a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And with how well the Giants have looked under Brian Dable's coaching, I just trust them to execute at the end of the game over Jared Goff and these Lions. So I'm going to pick the Giants to cover and win. Then we have the Jets at the Patriots. Patriots three and a half points favorites. And I'm really excited for this game. Zach Wilson played terribly the last time he played the Patriots, but th then he had one of his better games the next week against the Bills. He was getting the ball up fast, stepping out, up in the pocket instead of rolling out, and really playing well within the structure of the offense. Now they're coming off the bye week, and I think we're going to see Wilson come out and show how much he's improved in just a couple of weeks. And then the Patriots, I, I don't feel like they're improving. They're also coming off their bye, but unlike Wilson, I don't have the confidence that Mac Jones is turning a corner. He struggled majorly under pressure and didn't show any signs of improvement last week, despite walloping the Colts. It's just hard to take too much away from that game. Um, and you know this Jets D-line is going to be able to get after the quarterback. Uh, both these young teams are in similar spots. They have good defenses and questions on offense due to their young quarterback, but they have got to lean towards the Jets on the advantage. You know that they want to get that monkey off their back of beating the Patriots, and I think that they have better talent both on offense and defense. You never know in a matchup versus Bill Belichick like the Patriots won this game last time, but I like the, the Jets' chances in this one, so I'm going to pick the Jets to cover and win. Then we have the Panthers at the Ravens. The Ravens are 13-point favorites. Big point spreads like these are always scary, especially with the underdogs coming off a win, but the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. P.J. Walker is going to be out this game, and Baker Mayfield has looked like one of the worst starting quarterbacks all season. The Panthers team has been so inconsistent under Wilkes. Like, one week, they look like they have a shot to compete for the playoffs in this week, NFC South, and then the next, they look like they've got a shot for Bryce Young. And then they're going to be facing the Ravens, coming off their bye. Uh, Lamar, he's on a tear this season. He's definitely in the MVP race, even if, like, people disagree. They got a dominating win over the Saints last time, and now they get to face the Panthers, who are surrendering almost 140 yards on the ground per game. They also look to be getting healthier coming off the bye, as Mark Andrews and Gus Edwards are both training towards playing. I think this Ravens defensive line will really be able to get after Baker, and despite the Panthers' offensive line improving, um, yeah, and then on offense, I think they really have their way, especially on the ground. And also, if Mike Andrews is going to play, I don't really see, like, 
Shaq Thompson, Corey Littleton, Frankie Louvu, uh, Xavier Woods. I don't even know who they're going to try to cover Mark Andrews with, you know. I don't think they have the personnel to stop him, so I'm going to pick the Ravens to cover and win. Then we have the Bears at the Falcons. The Falcons are three-point favorites. This should be a really fun game to watch due to these two rushing attacks. Justin Fields is out here looking like Michael Vick 2.0, leading some crazy offensive performances despite throwing to Equinemius St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, Dante Pettis, and recent acquisition of Chase Claypool and Akil Harry coming off the IR recently. And the Falcons have been a dominant ground attack all year, but they did look ugly last Thursday. Now they're going to face a pretty bad Bears defense, though, so hopefully Mariota can bounce back and not have a similar performance last week. But if he does really struggling week uh, or in half one i think there's a real chance that we're going to see desmond ritter take his place in half two and make his nfl debut and despite their struggles last week i think i am going to lean towards the falcons whether it's mariota or ritter leading the game winning drive um they i just don't trust the bears defense right now and while i love fields in this offense they they still just make just enough mistakes to lose like that pick six last week um i don't think that they're going to be able to overcome how bad their defense is so i'm going to pick the falcons to cover and win then we have the commanders at the texans commanders are going to be three-point favorites in this one and they are coming off a great win dethroning the undefeated eagles and now they get to play the one-win texans and that kind of scares me honestly this feels like such a trap game the commanders have clawed their way back to 500 with heineke and just like after this emotional win this is a lot of a lot of teams are coming off pretty emotional wins this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of overlook the Texans. I still don't trust Heineke to consistently get it done. He just really has too much of that YOLO energy. He's going to put the ball in harm's way, and the Texans do have a decent secondary that can take advantage of that. However, at the same time, they're facing the Texans. They could just hand the ball off to Robinson and Gibson 100 times and get a pretty easy win. The Texans just simply lack talent and cannot stop the run. Because of that, too, you limit your chances on offense because the other team just has the ball for so long. And with Davis Mills at quarterback, you need all the possessions that you can get. So while I'm worried about the emotional win aspect and the fallout from the from that for the Commanders, the Texans are just so bad. And the Commanders really impressed me last week on the ground that I would be shocked if they didn't lean on that ground attack again and come out of this covering. And so then we have the Rams at the Saints. The Saints are going to be three-point favorites in this one. This is just a sad game. Two teams without a first-round pick, which, if they owned, it would be top seven. Stafford looks to come back from concussion protocol this week, but now he's going to be without Cup, and I think that legitimately makes us the worst offense in the league. They can't run the ball, and Cup was the thing that made this passing attack work. Like Allen Robinson, Ben Skronik, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson. Doesn't scare me. And then on defense, they've also been super disappointing. Some crazy stats coming out of this. Aaron Donald, he's still playing phenomenally this year, but you aren't hearing him as much because he's the only one who can rush the passer this, on this team. He gets constantly doubled and triple teams and still has 31 pressures himself. The next highest pressure gator on their team is Leonard Floyd, who has 16, and then Bobby Wagner is third, who has eight off of occasional blitzes. Like, what the actual fuck? To put that in perspective, there are 27 players with more pressures than Donald, 103 players with more than Floyd, and 210 players who have more pressures than Justin Hollins, their third best pass rusher, who actually like rushes just about every down, you know? He has six. That's like, what? Call up some stunts, do something, get, do 
I get the personnel isn't the best there, but you got to like manufacture more pressure or something like literally all opposing offensive linemen need to do is triple team Donald and then boom, no, no pass rush. And Dalton, he hasn't been terrible and he does have time. He doesn't create or elevate this offense, but he executes this offense and really is able to consistently put up points outside of last week. So yeah, I just don't think the Rams are a good team anymore and the Saints well, they also aren't that good. They're at least, I still feel like they're at least middling and should be able to cover and win on this one. Then we have the Raiders at the Broncos. Broncos three-point favorites. And yeah, like, yay, disappointment bowl. The which head coach gets fired first bowl. The we went all in for two and three wins bowl. Neither of these teams are good. But just like with the history of these two, I'm ready for the Raiders to burn me again. Whatever it is about the Raiders, they show up to play the Broncos. And with how emotional Carr was after last game, I feel like he's going to come out with his hair on fire and make everyone question, like, yo, like, are the Raiders good? Like, can they pull off some sort of magical run, finish 10-7, and seven, only for them to get smoked in whoever they play next week? Josh Jacobs, he also always comes out to play the Broncos. He hasn't had 100 yards since week 7 and only has one touchdown during those these last couple of weeks. So I feel like he really wants to change that this game. And the Broncos, they just disappointed me so badly last week. Like, I thought they were building something coming off that win over the Jags in London. I was like, okay, okay. Like, they're actually having some decent offense. But instead, they come out, lose Jerry Judy on play one, and can't generate any offense outside of a broken play that left a depth receiver wide open. Yes, this defense is elite, but you just can't win games if you can't score. So I'm going to have to pick the Raiders to cover and win. Then we have the Cowboys at the Vikings. Cowboys are one and a half point favorites. Vikings came out on top of the game of the year last week. They proved that not only can they hang with the top dogs in the NFL, but actually beat them. But I think they're going to stumble a bit here. After such a big, emotionally draining overtime win last week, and then also Christian Derrissaw, their star young left tackle, he looks like he's not going to play. I feel like their offense could come out kind of flat versus a very good Cowboys defense. And yeah, I think the Cowboys defense is going to get a lot of pressure on Kirk. If the Vikings can't establish the run. That's the key to them winning this game, but they haven't really been able to do so consistently. So they're going to have to drop back and pass. And with Parsons matched up on a backup left tackle and then Jefferson versus Diggs, like, I don't know. I think Jefferson's obviously better than Diggs, but Diggs will be able to win a couple times. This should be a super fun matchup to watch, but with with the pressure that's going to be getting into Kirk, I'm just I I don't trust the Vikings to be able to put up the points offensively, and I think the Cowboys are going to be able to do just enough to win. Dak really struggled last week, and I think he's going to make sure he corrects his mistakes. He's should be more on page with his receivers this week, like. He, He's the type of guy who's going to go in and make sure, like, hey, this is what we f***ed up on last week. This is what we're going to fix. But they are going to miss Michael Gallup this week. And with Zeke back coming back, I think they're going to lean towards running it more, using the passing game as a compliment. And I just really hope that with running it more, they give Pollard enough touches to, like, don't, don't let Zeke eat into all those carries. And I think the Cowboys should be able to cover and win. Then we have the Bengals at the Steelers. Bengals four-point favorites. The Steelers finally got a win led by rookie Kenny Pickett, and now they're going for the sweep on the Bengals. But this isn't the same Bengals that they played week one. The Steelers may have gotten TJ Watt back, and they'll likely put Burrow under a lot of pressure, but the Bengals, they played in a lot more shotgun, quick-hitting passing game since then, and with this extra week to prepare with the bye, I don't think that we'll see another four-turnover game from Joe Burrow. 
And the Bengals have a pretty good defense as well. They're going to cause Pickett all kinds of trouble. And we're going to see a lot of forced balls into coverage. The only problem is that I think a lot of those coverage targets are going to go towards Eli Apple. Pickens and or Johnson, whoever's lined up against him, are going to be able to win some of these matchups, making this game a lot closer. And I think we're going to see a couple of really cool catches this game. But I still don't think it's going to be enough. So I'm going to pick the Bengals to cover and win. Then we have the Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs are going to be six-point favorites. The Chiefs played so ugly last week and still found a way to win by 10. They're going to be down a few of their playmakers this game, Juju and Hardman both out, but they started to get Tony more involved last week, and I think we see him as their true number one this week outside of Travis Kelsey, of course. And although the Chargers were able to cover the spread last week, that was versus the Niners and not the Chiefs. I don't think people talk enough about how good this defense is for the Chiefs, and especially as of late, like, for the Chargers offense, Allen, Carter, and Williams are all limited in practice. And if they do end up playing, they're either going to be playing through injuries or get re-injured with the Chargers' luck. And going against this Chiefs defense, like, I, I don't think they're going to be able to pass the ball well at all. Chris Jones is going to be in there constantly getting the pressure. And, yeah, like, these receivers aren't the type that can win. These backup receivers aren't the type that can win super fast. It sucks because you have the talent to hang with the Chiefs. Like, if Allen is there, if Williams is there healthy, I think this offense could really hang with them. And if you have Bosa and if J.C. Jackson was playing good and you had him, then you could make this a lower-scoring game in relative terms for the Chiefs. But you don't have them. Um, and, yeah, Herbert, he's been phenomenal. I think he's been getting some major disrespect this year. But there's just he can't win all by himself without any receivers. So I think I'm going to have to pick the Chiefs to cover and win. And then last game of the week, uh, Niners at the Cardinals. Niners are going to be eight-point favorites in this one. This is a really big spread for the Niners, I think. However, I was looking, and their average margin of victory is 16 this year. Their nearest win was a six-point victory over the Chargers last week. I am excited for this matchup. The Niners love to target the middle of the field, and I think the Cardinals are actually really strong there on defense. Obviously, you have Baker and Thompson back there, good safeties. But what I'm really looking at is Simmons, their first-round pick from a few years ago. He's been improving. He's looking like a really quality starter. And Zayvon Collins, I think he's playing like a star right now, like a legitimate Pro Bowl, knocking on the all-pro levels. And I was not expecting this sort of jump from him, and I believe this is year two. Jimmy really struggles against good linebackers. And in this Monday Night Football Island game, I think Zayvon Collins is going to make a lot of noise. And we're going to see a really low offensive output for these Niners. However, what are we going to get from these Cardinals? It looks like Kyler is going to miss another game this week with his hamstring injury. But Colt McCoy did play pretty well in his place last week. However, McCoy does have just such a lower floor and ceiling than Kyler. And I cannot underrate how good these Niners are on defense led by D'Amico Ryans at defensive coordinator. I think both offenses really struggle in this one, and the Niners are going to get some serious pressure on McCoy and force at least one or two bad throws, which the Niners have been all over errant passes all year. I think we see like a pick six by Hufanger or something like that this week, a defensive touchdown, and I think that's going to be the swing in this game and give the Niners enough points to cover and win. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Let me know some of your picks. Give me, give me your lock of the week in the comments below if you're on YouTube. If you're also on YouTube, leave a like and subscribe. If you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you might be listening to this, leave a five-star review. Go tell your friends, spread the word out, and yeah, I'll see you all next time.